0: You're listening to the Banner Church podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com.
1: I'm excited today, really, for what God has for you. It was really interesting this week as um, I was praying about this Sunday, um, and God just really clearly told me, He's like, Hey, you need to give um, your speaker the, the full service. And I was like, Okay, yeah, that's great. You know, normally we do like, a, like an interview, and yet God was really, like, impressed upon my heart in, in my time of prayer. I was like, okay. So I, I emailed her, and I was like, hey, this is, like, super last minute because it's four days from now. Uh, but I feel like maybe God has given you a word, and uh, she's just, like, a really go-with-the-flow uh, person. She's like, yeah, totally. I, maybe she's fr- maybe you're we worried inside, but doesn't show. Uh, and, and can I just tell you, after the first service, like, spot on, spot on, I feel like God is continually reinforcing what he wants to speak to this church. And I was just like, the whole time I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is, this is the word. So here's what I want to encourage you is not only to hear but to respond, right? Don't just hear and go, yes, God, that's good, and go out. But we need to respond, church. This is the time for responding with the totality of our being to the great call and mission of God. The time for casual agreement has gone and the time for great involvement in the beautiful miracle of the kingdom of God is now. So I want to encourage you In however God speaks to you to engage in that and to respond. Like we like we don't get more clout if you respond. All right? Like it doesn't matter to me. I'm not even speaking But I feel like God has come to bring a word, and I feel like sometimes when we hear a word, our response is like, yes, God, that's nice, but man, I feel like it's more than nice. It's so powerful, so I want to encourage you. You are not here by accident. You're here for a reason to hear what God wants to speak into your life by an incredible woman of God that is seriously mind-blowing, the anointing God has put upon her. So would you do me a favor this morning? Would you welcome Marissa this morning as she shares the word of God?
0: Banner Church. The second time around, but you're new people, so it's great. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for having me. I really love Banner. Um, I told Pastor Josh this is where I feel like my Arizona home church is. I don't get to see you guys super often because I'm traveling a lot while I'm back in the States, but I do feel like this is home. This is I moved to Phoenix right after college, kind of to like see if I could do it without knowing anyone, really. And Banner really welcome me in. I found my roommates here, Clarissa and Molly, before they got married, and really was benefited by the ministry of this church. And so I'm very grateful and honored to be back and to be able to share with you what you've partnered with. Two years ago, you guys partnered with me, and you sent me to the Arab world. And in that time, God has done amazing things. I've been able to give Bibles to people who never even held one, able to share the truth of the gospel with people who really hadn't heard it before. Able to pray with people and miracles happen. And one of those stories I want to share with you is that of someone that we will call um, Maria. I'll just call her Maria. Um, that's not her name, but she is a refugee in uh, the country that I was in, in Jordan. And she's super smart, super fun. Uh, met her through our English program that we do and really just loves um, having people in her home, super bubbly, and and just a really lovely person. Um, But life had not been kind to her. She was a refugee. And um, every time I visited her, it seemed like she would cry, even though it doesn't seem like it was part of her personality. Every time I visited her, she cried. They say, you know, I don't really know about this, but like Jesus opened up opportunities to pray with her and just share the love of God in those moments. And one of the things that was kind of hard for her is that she gotten married a couple years before, but they hadn't um, had a baby yet. And so, in culture, you've got to understand that once you get married, you're you're pretty much expected to have a baby in like the first year, like maybe year and a half. But like past that, people start whisperings, people will start talking. Your value as a woman is very much connected to your children and to your family. And so um, the longer it goes without having a baby, the more kind of pressure and weight and, and difficulty there is. And so one day we were visiting her and I was visi- with a team member and she said, hey, um, we this conversation came up and she said, hey, are you, are you wanting a baby? She said, yeah, of course. And so I said, "Well, can we pray with her, with you, in Jesus' name?" And she said, "Yeah." And so we prayed in Jesus' name, and it was a nice prayer. And we went on, finished the visit, left, and then not too long after that, COVID hit, and we had one of the strictest COVID lockdowns in the world. Um, It included like no one leaving their house for two weeks. Like a city bus came and delivered bread. It was just this kind of like crazy thing. Um, So we weren't able to see her for a little bit. But when we finally got to see her, we brought her some groceries, brought her some goodies. And um, she says, I have a surprise for you. And I'm like, okay, cool, what? And she's like, I'm expecting. And so, of course, we're, like, super excited. We're praising God. It was a clear, clear answer from God. Um, it was a clear God moving. And so we pray a prayer of thanks and blessing over this baby. And as time goes on, she, when she needs prayer, she asks for prayer from us. And when things happen, she calls us. And we have more opportunities to share the truth of the gospel with her. Um, and actually, I left. Uh, she called me the day I left, and we got to pray together. But she actually gave birth to her firstborn baby son um, just, like, three weeks ago. So that is what I say. When I say you're impacting eternity, that's what I mean. <laughs> like, there's literally a life in the world now because of your partnership and because of your prayers and she has not come to faith yet but we are praying for she has had a truth encounter with the gospel a power encounter with the gospel and a love encounter with the gospel through believers and we are praying that not only her but her whole family will come to know the truth of jesus and walk in his love and walk in his power and and that's what we do um Some of you might know that I originally felt called to the Arab world when I was just 14 years old. And I went to my mom and dad, and I said, hey, mom and dad, I feel called to Saudi Arabia. And they said, no. (laughs) But they were believers, and they prayed about it. And slowly, God just kind of began to confirm it in their hearts. And God opened all kinds of doors. I um, lived in a tiny town in northern New Mexico. It's where I grew up. Not much diversity at all. Like, not very, like— hardly any opportunities for for much past that, but there was one Arabic-speaking family in that town, and I was in a special class where I got to study Arabic with this Jordanian mom who was teaching her five-year-old daughter Arabic, and that's kind of how I first got introduced, and God just kept opening door after door after door up to the door that you guys pushed open for me when I went to study language um, in the Arab world, and while I was there, amazing things happened. But another part of that is we are Live Dead. So you might have seen that banner in the back. What does Live Dead mean? It is planting churches among unreached people groups and teams. And so that's what we do. And their first two years are kind of a launch time. You study, you focus, you get a good foundation, and then you launch into a church planting team. So lo and behold, while in Jordan, God opened yet another door to Saudi Arabia. And I was able to go on a tourist visa. They said, hey, we want you to come apply for this five-year visa. Long story short, I got that five-year visa in less than a month, um, and it's now sitting in my passport, which is incredible. And so God has just really provided. It seemed like overnight the doors opened. But really, that was a 12-year process of God saying, okay, one step at a time, and he continues opening doors and opening doors and opening doors, and that is what you are a part of. And while I was—after I got the visa, I was able to go— and um, connect with the team that's there on the ground. And I can really confidently report the church is being planted. God is moving. Things are happening. Um, God is, like even three years ago, we couldn't have imagined the things that are happening. While I was there, I got to see a baptism service. That was incredible. It was beautiful, precious. I got to meet the very first Saudi believers I've ever met. And one of those is a 26-year-old woman. And I actually got to stay at her house for a little bit. And so I'm sitting in our living room, and I'm like, okay, tell me, how, how did you decide to follow Jesus? What's your story? And so she starts to unfold her story about how when she was just a teenager, she started having all kinds of questions and all these things that couldn't be answered, and all this um, ups and downs and stuff with her family, and even dreams and visions, and meeting believers at her work, and all kinds of crazy stuff, beautiful, and how eventually she decided to follow Jesus. And I'm sitting there. And I say, you know, sister, I, when I was just a teenager, God put your country on my heart, and there were all kinds of ups and downs, and there were a lot of really difficult things, and a lot of stuff with my family, and a lot of back and forth, but God just kept opening door after door after door, up to the door to your house, and now I'm sitting here in your living room, and you're 26, and I'm 26, and we're from two different sides of the world, but in Christ, we're sister's. And it was just this surreal moment. we cry and hug in the living room, you know. It was, it was beautiful. Um, but that was only possible because she had been reconciled to God. She had had her sin and her shame removed from her through Jesus, and she'd been reconciled to God. And I, in the same way, had been reconciled to God, and that my sin, my shame was taken away from me and replaced with this relationship with God through Jesus, only through him, and sisters in Christ. We are part of the same family of God. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today, is about reconciliation, what that means. So if you will open with me to 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 20. I'll read it for us now. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died, and therefore all died. One died for all, and therefore all died. He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to be here with Banner. Thank you for the people in this room. Thank you that it is not by accident that they are here today. Jesus, thank you for your word, for the message you've given us. Thank you for the partnership that is here between what you're doing in the in world and what you're doing in Banner Church. And God, I just pray that this time would be completely, wholly devoted to you. Jesus, I pray that I would not say one word that's not from your mouth. God, I pray for every ear and every heart today, dear Jesus, that they would open it would be open to your spirit and, God, that you would do whatever you want to do today, God. So, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We commit and dedicate this message and this day to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so starting verses 14 through 17, this is a glorious passage of scripture. It's, it's amazing. There's so much in it. It's so deep. But verse 14 through 17, I'll read that real quick again. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Reconciliation is the heart of the gospel. And these verses really get to that heart. That you're a new creation, that you're not your own anymore, that you live for Christ, and that he has done this incredible, beautiful thing, right? But gospel is one of those Christianese words we use a lot, you know? And, and and so sometimes we can throw it around without really thinking about what it means and letting it sink in. So what, what is the gospel? Okay, it's this. It's basic. You and I, we have a debt of burden, of sin and shame that we can't escape from. It's always in front of us. It's always going to be on us. We can't escape from it. Except for death. That's, that's how it works. That's the way of the world. But Jesus, who is the promise and the fulfillment of God's grand design for all time, died in my place. And when I believe in Jesus, I die with him. Because he died for me. And in his death, I'm freed from that debt. From all that sin and that shame. I'm freed from that because he died and I died with him. And then, not just that, but Jesus rose to life in victory again over death itself. And it wasn't just a sacrifice for his generation and his time, but a sacrifice once and for all. And because of that, I don't just die with him, but I'm raised to life in him. I'm reconciled to God. And so now God, who was this far off angry person that I could not ever hope to be able to come near is now my father, is now my creator, is now my king. I'm reconciled to God because of what Jesus has done for me. And reconcile, here's this other word that we only use in, like, accounting and in church. Um, It's not super, like, what does that even mean? So here's a simple definition. To change, to exchange, to return to favor with, or to receive one into favor. So before, where I was separated from God, not in his favor, what Jesus has done for me makes it possible to be back in his favor. And that is the gospel. We're united with Christ in his death on behalf of all. And we're united with Christ in his life on behalf of all. It's both. It's his death and his life. And that's the gospel. That's it. In Christ, reconciliation is our new reality. It's what we live in. It's the day in, day out. It's it's where, the air that we breathe. And I know that you guys are currently in this series called The Way, which is really cool. I was able to listen to a couple of sermons. And um, when I I started uh, watching The Mandalorian with my brother over Christmas, (laughs) and so this is the way, Uh, the helmet, the thing, the honor, uh, all these things. But guys, (laughs) the gospel way is not just the helmet. Like, this is the way. Jesus is the way. Reconciliation is the way. This is the way that we live. This is the place from which we walk out our lives. And this is a place from which we minister to others. This is a place from which we have relationship with God. Reconciliation is the way and maybe you haven't really experienced that yet. Maybe you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, but God is far away and he is angry and I don't think he wants to do it, have anything to do with me. Guys, today's your day. Like, God has you here for a reason and his heart is for you and he desires a relationship with you and he created you with purpose and with passion and with desires for his kingdom and you can know him as father, you can know him as creator, you can know him as king, as friend, Today is your day and Jesus has made a way for you. So later on today, I'm gonna have a challenge and say, do you wanna be reconciled to God through Jesus? And I wanna encourage you, if that's you today, don't let today go by without stepping into that reconciliation because it's for you. It's for you and it's beautiful, it's precious, it's in your inheritance. Step into the heart of the gospel. Reconciliation is the heart of the gospel, but it's also the fruit of the gospel. We read in verses 18 through 19, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. See, for Jesus, it's not enough for it to happen to you. It has to happen through you. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, yeah, I have Jesus. I am reconciled to God. I have the testimony. Praise God. It doesn't end there because it has to be moving through you. That's God's design for Christianity. It flows. His, his spirit flows through us. And so it's it not enough for, happen, for reconciliation just to happen to you. He wants it to happen through you to other people. You've been given a ministry. Some of you might say, you know what? I don't know what I'm called to. I don't know my ministry. This is it right here. The ministry of reconciliation. This is what you're called to. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is your responsibility, your calling, your privilege, your inheritance. This is what we get to do because it's the fruit of the gospel. And 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 maybe you're kind of like me. Um, I I don't really like conflict. That's not my thing. That's <laughs> I would prefer to ignore it and pretend like I'm nice and just like secretly resent people. You know, <laughs> it's it's much easier that way. But but here's the deal. Like like that's not biblical. Um, I don't know if you knew that, but it's not. Um, <laughs> and I really found this out because when I went to the field, um, when I went overseas, I'm with a whole bunch of people that have the same heart as me, same passion as me, but anytime there's more than one person in the room, conflict is going to happen. Like, that's how it works. And so it's just, it's natural. It's part of life. It's something we have to learn to deal with and have to learn to walk past a fence and, and into reconciliation. And so I hadn't, I wasn't willing, honestly, to do that. And so as conflict arises, as you're working in team and, and working with other people, um, it got to the point where walls start getting built. And when it got to the point, someone walks in, I walk out of the room, you know? And I know I'm not the only one. Don't you guys give me that judging look. <laughs> and, 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 and the deal is, like, these were people that, my brothers and sisters, we're fighting for the same goal, we want the same things, we want to see people reconciled to God, and the deal is, like, the greatest conflict in history was reconciled at the cross, and I was in the Arab world to tell people who hadn't heard about Jesus, hadn't heard that they're reconciled, hadn't heard that they have access to the goodness of God, that this is for them, and I began to be really getting convicted, because I, if I wasn't willing to walk out that reconciliation with my brothers and sisters, how could I hope to tell anyone else about it? And, and I think that's, that's for us today. You know, there's a lot of offense, there's a lot of pain, and, and maybe we haven't seen conflict modeled well, but the goal of Christian conflict is always reconciliation. Like, like, it's not about tearing the other person down or establishing who's right or getting the moral high ground or any of that. The goal of Christian conflict is reconciliation always because that's what Christ has given us and that's what we have to walk out. And, and so I'm gonna challenge you today. Be reconciled to one another. Like, like, engage in this ministry because it is a ministry that we have, we receive it, we do it with those around us and it goes past us. But if we don't practice within our family, within the family of God this is this is where you kind of get to like work it out what does this look like it's worth it your brothers and sisters are worth it plus it's a command it's what Jesus expects of us it's the kind of thing that allows us to say they will know they are Christians by their love and so this is this is what we're called to be reconciled with one another and i know in a room this size there's bound to be conflict somewhere it's <laughs> it's inevitable there's more than one person here so it's it's going to be somewhere <laughs> and I, I want to encourage you, don't, don't build walls. But, but tear those down. It's not saying not dealing with issues. It's not just forgiving and forgetting It's saying, okay, here's the issue. Let's work through it. What is God's goal in this? What, how do, can I encourage you? How can you encourage me? How can I repent and be forgiven and walk in that? Because that's the life that we were called to. That's Christian life. Amen. It's not going to church. It's not all this stuff. That's, that's where it really rubber hits the road. And so I challenge you, do it. Walk in that. And maybe there's people you need to 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 do that with even today. Maybe they're sitting next to you. I don't know. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And this is our calling. This is what we were called to do. It's the fruit of the gospel. And so if the gospel is alive in our lives, it's gonna be working out through us. Gospel reconciliation is the heart of the gospel. It is the fruit of the gospel, but it's also the work of the gospel. We see in verses 20 through 21, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Okay, here it says, as though God were making his appeal through us. And he has this, this beautiful imagery of ambassadors being someone who goes out, who represents a sovereign nation to other people. That, that's, that's us. That's what we get to do. That's your ministry. That's your calling. That's who you are as a follower of Jesus. And, and the reality is that there are, according to Joshua Project, currently at least 7,400, roughly, unreached people groups. What is an unreached people group in the world? An unreached people group is a entire culture, an entire history, an entire set of, of people who gather around the same like set of ideals and faith and history and all these types of things, traditions, that has no access to the gospel that, or, or very limited access. So there are either very few believers, there's no church, sometimes there's no even Bible translated into that language. And so what does that mean? That means like what we talked about at the beginning, that I... I was reconciled to God, and when that happened, when Jesus, when I accepted what Jesus did for me, that sin and shame was removed from me. For unreached people groups, it is an entire worldview in which there has to, you try to work to get this sin and shame out. It's an entire worldview in which there's not hope, there's not a way, because we do believe that Jesus is the way, and that he is the only way. And so when you have a worldview that doesn't have this, there's, there's, there's a lot of darkness, a lot of hope, a lot of pain. And God's heart is for them. If God's heart is for you, and if God's heart is for me to be reconciled to him, his heart is for those unreached people groups to be reconciled to him. And the reality is is this represents billions of people in our world today that don't have access, that don't believe, that don't, have, don't, don't know, that haven't heard, that haven't been told. And this is our responsibility You know, reconciliation is the work of the gospel, and we see that at the Great Commission. When Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, and he tells his disciples, last words he says on earth is, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing, teaching, and I will be with you always. And this is God's heart for the nations. And I don't know if you realize this, but, so when I was living in Jordan, I was living very close to where uh, the Bible actually happened, like, like, where <laughs> like these stories? So I, I would be reading my Bible and be like, oh, that's like two hours north of here, or that's 50 minutes away, or, you know, like really, really close. And I, as I s- began to understand this, that Christianity has existed there for a long time, although in small numbers, that when Jesus was saying these words, going to all the world, that the, the continent that I lived on wasn't known even to those people he was speaking to. And that, that it is only by the fulfillment of the Great Commission that I was able to hear the gospel, that I am the ends of the earth, that if you're from America, you are the ends of the earth. If you heard the gospel, received it, um, while you're here 2,000 later, you are the ends of the earth and you're a fulfillment of this. But the reality is, praise God, yes, but there's more. There's people who still haven't heard. There's still um, things that separate people from God and that's our responsibility. The Great Commission speeds the message of reconciliation to the world and who does he do it? Through his ambassadors, which is you. It's you and I. It's followers of of Jesus. This is our responsibility. God wants to make his appeal through you. He could do it another way, but he chooses his church. He chooses his people. And this is our call. And um, when I was in Saudi, like I said, this is what would be considered many, there's several people groups in Saudi that are considered unreached. They're considered, there's not witness, there's not um, access. And have been for millennia, basically. And I got to meet the first Saudi believer I ever did, that, that girl that I met in her living room. Um, but she has a lot of sisters. And a couple of her sisters were there while we were um, talking, and they had heard the story before, but we connect. And so this sister, she's not a believer, um, she's 30 years old. And so we just start talking about God and what she thinks about God and who is he, what is this, you know, all of these like spiritual co- conversations. And she looks at me and she says, Marissa, Sometimes I think God made me by mistake. Like, I, I don't understand why God's so far away. I don't know why he's angry at me. I don't know why he would create me with a passion and dream, but not be able to, like, walk it out. I don't know why in my culture I'm only considered a body. I think that God made me by mistake. And, guys, that's not just the perspective of this single solitary woman it's the perspective of literally millions of Saudi women who haven't heard that God loves them and haven't heard that there's a way and haven't heard that they have access to the goodness of God through the reconciliation of Jesus. And and God's heart longs for them. He he hurts for them, for what they go through, for what they've experienced, and he wants to heal that, but it can only be through Jesus. And and I would venture to say that it's not just this single woman, it's not just Saudi women, but it's it's Billions of people represented in thousands of unreached people groups that haven't heard the good news of the gospel. That maybe, maybe God made me my mistake. What is my purpose? How do I get to God? Maybe it's by mistake. And guys, we know that that's not true. And and uh, we, I saw this scripture in action where it says God was making His appeal through us. He wants to make His appeal, and so I just felt in my spirit just tell her like, no, like God loves you. So I did. I so said, sister, like God. God loves you. And she started to cry because she's 30 years old but this is the first time anyone had ever told her that God loves her. And and she's she's like, "Really? Like like really God loves me? Like really?" And so we we start to unfold the gospel, unfold what this is all about. Who is God? Who is Jesus? What's heaven and hell? Like talking about all of these different types of things and she didn't come to faith on that night but she has a sister who's being able to share with her and at the end of that conversation she said you know what maybe you're right like maybe God does love me and guys that's what we're called to <laughs> that's the church that's the ministry of reconciliation that's what we get to do here on the love your block on the when we're in the grocery store in the line socially distanced from people who are going crazy um when we are you know out about the world but this is what we're called to And the church, more than any time in history, and especially in this nation, this nation, this world, needs us to step into the ministry of reconciliation as citizens of heaven and walk into what God has called us to. This is our calling. So how do we respond to this, that reconciliation is the work of the gospel? There's this incredible need, but how do we respond? Okay, I'll give you a couple of really cool, simple things you can do, you know, on the world stage. One is pray. We need you to pray. We, we cannot go without your prayers. It's impossible. They're needed. Things won't happen unless you pray. I truly mean that. So there's prayer cards on the back. Grab one. Please pray for me. Please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really need it. Um, another way is to give. That's something you guys already do as a church. Continue to do that. There's still lots and lots of people who haven't heard, and there's still lots and lots of people who need to go and can't go without your partnership, and that happens through your giving, and we need you. Like, we can't do it without you. You're part of it. And another way is to go, I did it, if I can do it, you can do it, well, we, we need you, like the reality is the harvest field is ready, Espe- in Saudi Arabia, absolutely, the harvest field is ready, we have me- media outreach that reaches out to people who are interested in Jesus, and sometimes we have ads that help like uh, find people in specific areas, we have had to shut down those ads because we don't have enough people to respond to the people who are coming, I don't want to do that, <laughs> I, we need people to come, and we need people to, it's hard to live dead to self, to walk in reconciliation. It's only possible through the power of Jesus, but guess what? That's what we're called to. Like, that's, that's, that's where life really is. And so I challenge you, if this is you today, if something when stirs in your heart when I say go, go we need you. I'd be happy to connect with you. I've got resources at the back that can help get you connected into the process. I'll get coffee with you, whatever that is, but I believe that, and there is this reality that there's a lot of people here in Scottsdale who don't know. There's a lot of people in Scottsdale who might be from other countries that people don't talk to them, but the church does, or at least they do. Banner Church does, right? This is our calling. This is what we are expected to do as followers of Jesus, so I want to challenge you reconciliation is the fruit of the gospel. It's the heart of the gospel, and it's the work of the gospel. And I'd like to invite the band to come up as, I kind of challenge you guys a little bit and ask you some questions. Music makes it sound nicer. Um Reconciliation is is what we're called to. It's what we're invited into. It's what we're called to, and it's what we're supposed to be living out. If you're here and you're like, "Well, I haven't even. I don't think reconcil- I don't. I don't think I've done that. Like that's. I haven't experienced that. I don't see God as father or like friend. Like that's not who God is to me. I haven't. I still feel this this weight of shame and of sin. Then today is your day. Like, God, God wants to take that from you. He's already made a way. He did it once and for all. It just takes taking that step and believing in him and allowing him to change your life. And I do have to, There comes with a warning. We read it in the scripture. Your life isn't your own anymore, exactly. You know, you, you change your new creation, and so Jesus starts doing things in your life that you never would have expected, but it's worth it. It's completely worth it. It's a better life than you ever could have created on your own, and this is your day. It's for you. Reconciliation is for you. Maybe you're here and you're like, you know what? Um, yeah, I don't like conflict either. Or maybe I do like conflict, but I don't do it well the way that Jesus us to do. And 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 I need to be reconciled with my brother and my sister. There's a fence. There's a wall. There's something there. But guys, it's, it's 100% worth it. We, we can't do this alone. We're the body of Christ for a reason. But if, if my nerves aren't connected to one another, they won't. Work. I can't lift my arm. I can do these types of things. So we, we have to be connected and reconciled to one another if we're going to be the body of Christ. And I want to challenge you. Maybe the person you need to be reconciled with is here in this room. Maybe they're back home. Maybe they're in another state. But take a step today in moving towards reconciliation with them because it's worth it. And that's what Jesus expects and calls us to, and empowers us to do. And third, if you need to sign up for duty, report for duty as an ambassador of the message of reconciliation, today is for you too. I want to challenge you, take a step, make something a little step, whether it's talking to me, whether it's just praying, God, I'm, I'm open, I'm ready, whatever you want, I'm here we need you and we can't do it without you and God is calling you and he, he has a plan and purpose that doesn't just end with you but that moves through you and is bigger than something you ever could have imagined. He's building a kingdom. We get to be like a little brick of it. But may we be little bricks that are holy and sanctified and up upbuilding to the church and not that tear down. We need you. We need you. So so. come today, I challenge you like to open the altars. Uh, if you'll have you stand with me. I'm just gonna pray that God speaks to you. I believe God's speaking to probably every heart. Whatever that looks like, this is your heart. Like this is this is your day, this is your time. And and God desires to, to speak to you. And desires for not just to listen but to respond, like Pastor Josh mentioned. So I'm gonna pray, and then I'm gonna stand up, I'm gonna invite other prayer members to come up, prayer team members to come up, and if you'd like to be prayed with come forward. If you just want to make a step and say, yes, this is my little step of obedience. God, you open the rest of the doors. This is it. So Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. God, it's such a privilege. It's a beautiful thing to be your child. Such a beautiful thing to be a follower of Jesus, a friend of Jesus. God, thank you for reconciling me. Thank you for making a way for healing me, for for healing brokenness, for making a way for me to come to you, to know you, God. Thank you for giving me purpose and passion for life, and thank you for all of those here who've done that as well. Jesus, thank you that you did it once and for all, and that your heart is that all would come to know you. All would come, every knee would bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God, I pray for those who are here today that need to make that step, Lord, give them that courage. God, send people to nudge him, Lord, that, that this is the day, God. May they come forward, dear Jesus, and we surrender our hearts to you. And God, Lord, I, I pray for those who need to be reconciled. Dear Jesus, I ask that you would stir that in that their heart, that little uncomfortable feeling, and that they would be able to make a step and say, okay, God, I, I'm ready. Whatever you need to do, I'm ready to work towards it. And Jesus, I pray for those who need to go, that you, this moment even, are calling to go. Or maybe you're confirming a calling that has been on their life for a long time. God, I pray that you would speak to them. And Jesus, we just surrender our hearts, all of it, our entire lives, all that we are. We surrender it to you. And we ask that you would have your way
1: in our lives today. Come, Lord Jesus.